Row Along, a friendly voice in your ear to motivate, coach and entertain you through each indoor rowing workout as we row along together. I set the stroke rate and the training pace based on your current 2,000 metre time. Just set your monitor to just row and start and stop when I tell you. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. Hi there, so today I've gone into full narcissist mode. How? Well, I'm going to row along with myself. <laughs> Basically, this is all as a kind of a proof of concept of something that I want to try. So I want to do a 30 minute, 20 strokes a minute workout today. And actually, I've got a video I made pretty much exactly two years ago uh, where I did that exact row. And I had to use voiceover man to do the audio for it because my sound had messed up. So I'm going to do it again. But this time I'm going to be in pretty much silence when you watch me with him playing over the top but I will then comment on some of the random rubbish that I say. Let's see how this works out, eh? <laughs> so I'm still going to do the warm-up and the cool-down as normal here, but uh, the main row itself is going to be... You'll see what it was, what's going to happen. So we need to get into our four-minute warm-up. And as always, we have to set up our machine first. So on a Concept 2, that means going to the drag factor and setting that to where you want it to be. On a non-Concept 2, just set the resistance. You get a nice weight from the machine, but you don't have to heave against it, okay? That's really important. Next up, set your monitor up eye height so you don't have to look up and you don't have to look down if that's possible on your machine and if you can change the foot stretcher height please set them to a point where you're able to get into the front of the machine with your shins going vertically comfortably okay if you're set too high you might not quite be able to get there if you're set too low you might go scooting past and that causes power leaks and there could be a little bit of injury cause that could happen from doing that as well okay so our four minute warm-up we're going to do this around about 18 to 20 strokes a minute and the power we're just going to start off by pushing enough with the feet that you can just work on the connection into your hands and the handle into the machine i'll explain more as we start but we might as well start here we go then in three two one Let's go. Well, that was an interesting noise. <laughs> Let's see if that keeps on going. So, you want to push with your feet to get the power into the machine. Okay? So your power is from your legs, not from your arms. You obviously eventually pull with your, your arms at the back of the stroke. But to start, uh, you push with your feet and obviously you have to somehow get that power from your feet up through your body and into the handle and that's where the timing comes from okay so you want to push your feet at exactly the same time that your hands connect the handle to the machine don't worry I'm going to fix this creaking noise after the warm-up <laughs> So, push and connect, and you should feel that surge of power from your legs into the machine. It helps to have a forwards tilt of your body so that you're leaning into the front of the machine. And straight arms as well. And then that power flows in uninterrupted, hopefully, as you hold that position for hopefully at least half of your leg drive. Okay, 
So two more strokes. And we'll put one leg on the, or one foot on the floor. Continue rowing. It's not very good having this lovely decking up here to do my rows on, but if it's gonna make that racket <laughs> creaking away, it's not quite as good as I thought. Swift reposition will sort that. Need to connect all my tech anyway to try and see if this is gonna to work today. Swap feet. Remember the whole point of this single leg thing. Oh, there goes a lawnmower. Good day to be doing a voiceover version. Yeah, the whole point of this single leg is to let you work a little bit on your flexibility into the front of the machine and also think about pushing with your leg. One more here, then we'll put both feet in. Legs straight, and then just swing over your back. Pull in your arms, out with your arms. Swing over your back again. Okay, so you're just rowing with your back and arms here. It's really important because a lot of people don't really involve their back in the power part of the stroke. Right, one more here. Let's roll to the front. Arms straight, forward tilt and just press out from the front. And the reason I say press is that I want you to be able to hold this forward lean straight arms rather than recoil against too much power. So I want you to get the sensation right. Oh, that's the sound of a strimmer now. I do hope. Or I wonder whether I'll go into the garden on the other side of my fence. Ah, oh dear. Listen to it. So, right, I'm gonna get my tech sorted and then we'll start today's row. Okay then, right, so tech's all connected. Let's get into today's row. So anyway, that's really it. 20 strokes a minute, one stroke every three seconds. 2K plus 18 is what I'm aiming for. In three, two, one. Let's go. Go. Okay, so. Right, so start to get your rhythm and pace sorted as quick as you can. Hopefully within about 10 strokes you can get your pace right. And if you're following me for the stroke rate and rhythm, then you should get that locked in quite quickly. But your pace is the important part. Like I said, I'm aiming for 2K plus 8 at this point. But you do have the option of using this kind of a row as 30 minutes at 20 strokes a minute, but at full intensity. So what I mean is you just, every single stroke you put in full power and then over the 30 minutes, try and see how much distance you can cover. It's quite a favorite testing session of some of the rowing teams just to see what you're like at this rate. So basically you've taken 600 strokes and what's the distance? It's a good way to measure how much power you can generate. And it really is a tough one to do. It is actually. 
They're not meant to push a low rate, of course, but from time to time, a 20 strokes a minute, 30 minute test is actually quite useful. Most of the time you'll do something like this at your 2K plus 18, but every now and then it is quite handy. It's a way to reveal what kind of power you've got. Come back to it once a month or so, see if you can beat the score from last year, or last month, sorry. So that's two options. You can do the 2K plus 18, you can do 30 minutes to 20 strokes a minute with full pressure and see how far you can cover. Or then we can get back down to the normal six out of 10 option, which is basically just looking at your effort level. But of course you've got to be honest about that. You have to make sure that how you perceive what your six out of 10 is, what your split time per 500 meters at that point you really want to be holding that all the way to the end. So fair enough, you're going to be feeling tougher as it goes on, so towards the end of the row it'll feel less like 6 out of 10, or maybe more like 7 or, or even 8 out of 10. But the important part is that you set an honest 6 out of 10 starting point and hold that to the end. So I'll say this in quite a lot of the videos about the danger of doing uh, effort-based value is it's quite easy to cheat really but if you're going to use this out of 10 value then be honest with yourself otherwise your training is going to suffer if you're trying to improve and it's also easy to kind of back off a bit for that day but hey i bore you enough with that enough but of course the last option is for those people who've never really rode a 30 minute row before. So for you guys, what you really need to do is pick a pace that you know you can get to the end of the row doing. So say even if you have, a, you've rode a 2K and you know what your average 500 meter is. So say you've done a 2K in 10 minutes, your average per 500 meters would be two and a half minutes. So therefore, if you were to do 2K plus 18, then you know you're gonna be 248 for my training. But if you've never done a half hour row at 20 strokes a minute before, then maybe you don't really wanna be going out at 248 for your first ever half hour row. So in which case, pick a pace slower than that that you know you'll complete your half hour row at. So maybe in this instance, if you're meant to be, if 2K plus 18 is 248, then maybe you could comfortably do it at three minutes per 500. And that's how you approach your first half hour row at 20 strokes a minute. And then you come back another day and maybe do a couple of seconds faster. So you could do 258. And if you're feeling strong, maybe even 255. It's a good way to see how you're improving. Ah, I remember this bit. So my daughter Holly was sitting next to me during this and she suddenly had a problem. Here we go, it's a door-based problem. <laughs> oh, 
Apologies if I slip my stroke right right here while I'm dealing with her. <laughs> there you go, there's, there's parenting for you, isn't it? I didn't even stop. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm not going to win any awards for that, am I? But yeah, it's the danger of rowing outside on a sunny day when the kids are outside rather than being back inside in my studio. But hey, at least so far she's not hit the camera or anything. Yeah, so she was able to unlock the door to do something, but then she couldn't lock it again. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Every day is a learning day. Yeah, where were you? Oh, right, I was still talking about the three minutes as a training pace. Losing the plot slightly. But yeah, so, basically, if the first time you've, if you've never done the half hour row before, and you back off to about three minutes, and then, if you find it easy, the next time round, you could try it at 2.55 or something, see if you can get through to the end that way. I mean, half the time with a half hour row, especially if you've never done one before, it's in your head. You start to think, can I, can I manage half an hour? If you've only ever done a 10 minute row before, then suddenly looking at a half hour, it does seem quite, quite a tough challenge. I mean, when I used to row as training for when I was a squash player, I'd only ever do 20 minutes. I wouldn't even think about doing a half hour row. Whereas now I'll do half hours, 10Ks, half marathons, full marathons. So once you get past the half hour row, that your next milestone should really be a 10K, and then maybe an hour, and then a half marathon, and then if you fancy it, a full marathon, and if you really fancy it, a 100K. Gone as far as a marathon myself before, and I've done a 100K as a team, but never on my own. How are you enjoying this running commentary? It's quite nice sitting here doing this. Maybe I should do all of them as a director's cut. My beard's getting a bit grey, isn't it? This is done in the middle of the lockdown period, so I kind of let myself go a little bit. I could do with a haircut and a haircut and a shave. I've got an excuse for the haircut, but not particularly for the shave. I do have a razor. So yeah, so basically, your options for pace, I know we're quite far into the row now, but your options for pace are either 2K plus 18, 6 out of 10, or you could do your, come back another time and do the 30 minutes and 20 strokes a minute hard, or um, just try and get to the end if you've never done a 30 minute row before. Just pick the right pace. Uh, I'm still talking about the 30, 20, as hard as you can. <laughs> yes. But then do you really want to come back and watch this video again? With my incredible voiceover skills. I've both a, got a face for radio and a voice for, I don't know, silent movies.
have no idea what I'm saying there. I'm not even too sure how far through the row we are right now. Have I made any kind of a, here we go, 10 minutes through comment? I haven't really. Oh, there we go. We're approaching 10 minutes gone is what I just said. So that's good, so we're 10 minutes into this. 200 strokes down, you should be doing a good job so far. Shouldn't feel as though you're not gonna make it to the end. You're gonna feel warm, you're gonna have a a good glow on by now, but you shouldn't really be having that much of a trouble holding pace. But the main thing is, don't concentrate on the clock running down, just concentrate on where you are at this moment in the row. You can start faking yourself out if you look at the amount of time to go or the amount of distance to go. You just have to concentrate on where you are. So yeah, I think what I'm saying right now is that if 10 minutes in you're feeling a bit too tough and you're feeling like you must, you need to slow down, then either you're dehydrated like I'm slowly getting here, or you kind of went out a bit too fast, or maybe you've never done a half hour row before and you're just not used to controlling your breathing to be able to do it. But if you are at a point where you start to think it's getting on top of you and you need to, to slow down, then the tip I'd give, and the one that I'm actually talking about right now is basically just address, especially at the 20 strokes a minute, address what's going on every three strokes. So if you feel like you need to slow down at this stage, just give it three strokes then after those three strokes, think again, do I really need to slow down? And if you're like, no, I can continue, then just go for another three strokes, another 10 seconds. And at the end of that, think, do I need to slow down? And if you keep on breaking it down that way, then what you can find is that you'll get two, three minutes into your row where you're thinking that you must slow down. But actually, you've got two, three minutes through it and by those two, three minutes, you're feeling so much better. And you can just continue at the pace you were. I hope that made sense. It certainly made sense while I was talking about it while I was rowing. The thing is, it's also a good tactic for any race. If you're in the middle of a 2K and you get about a thousand meters into it and suddenly everything starts to suggest that you slow down and just give it 10 seconds or four or five strokes and then make the decision again do you need to slow down and if you know you don't need to slow down at that point just keep going another four or five strokes and then reassess and then what you'll find is that within time you've assessed like six times a whole minute's gone so you assess like 10 times you're getting close to 500 meters gone so and then by the which time, you've only got 500 meters to go in a 2K race, and you're not gonna slow down with only 500 meters to go, so it's a good tip. Like I say, it's really easy to look at the distance you've got to go or the time you've got to go and fake yourself out, whereas think about where you are right in this moment, how you're feeling in the next 10 seconds. 
and your entire approach can change. Yeah, there might actually be a point where you actually do, do need to stop. So, I mean, your brain can play a lot of tricks on you, but eventually there is a point where your body just runs out of energy and your either your cardio system's gone or your muscles are completely out of energy and you have to stop. But quite a lot of the time, it is just your, your brain playing tricks on you. you know, I mean, your brain wants to protect you. Your brain's trying to keep you out of harm, so when you get to a point where your muscles are really like burning from all the energy you're doing, or your cardio system's at full guns and you're gasping for air, your brain is going to start telling you, stop, 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 just to protect you. But you know your own body, you know what you can push through and what it can take. So it's then up to you to make the choice as to whether you can continue or not. I'm not going to tell you just ignore your brain and keep on going because that way lies injury but you know your own body and you know what it can take so part of the reason for doing the tough sessions on here is so that you can expose yourself to hardship so you know what your body can take so that then when these questions do come in as to whether you need to slow down or not you can actually silence the voice because you had the experience and you can say no 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 I'm actually fine I can keep on going it's kind of the same way that if you've never done a 2K before and you've never experienced how tiring it can be, you can actually do really well because you don't have the fear of what you're about to... It's like naivety is a good thing. And then the more 2Ks you do, the more you start to... Um, start to overthink what you're about to go through. I mean, the thing is, is when you do absolutely empty the tanks and everything you will start to kind of pass out on the, on the machine so your body's going to know when you've taken it too hard i recommend not taking it that far there's nothing worse than seeing people literally faint off a rowing machine in a race yeah sometimes the brain really is telling you to stop but you'll know because you'll start to black out and at that point i really do suggest that you stop but if it's just a case of your legs are burning and you're finding it harder and harder to breathe and your brain's trying to protect you, then you might want to just keep on, just give it that 10 seconds and push through a little bit. So yes, I think right about this point, I was starting to feel quite dehydrated from working out and I mean, it wasn't actually that hot. I mean, it was only about 17, 18 degrees centigrade, but trust me for Glasgow, that's the height of summer. So to be rowing away in that kind of heat and I hadn't had that much to drink that day or this day, sorry. I was quite hot and dehydrated, so there were little alarm bells going on my head thinking, should you really be doing this? But at this stage, I think there's only about 13 minutes to go, so I knew that 
I could easily make it to the end of a 13 minute row. So I didn't need to give in to that little niggle in the back of my head suggesting that I stop. But then that's also when it comes into the fact that I really enjoy rowing and I was absolutely loving rowing in the sun. It's rude having sunglasses on, we can't make eye contact, can we? So, I think it's probably around about time that I started boring you about technique. Because right about this stage, you start to get tired and your technique starts to suffer, so it's a good time to address it. So let's start off with the shins. So you want to make sure and get your shins there, right at the front of the stroke, there, nice and vertical, without lifting your heels off the footrest too far. You'll see that mine come up a little bit, but I'm not launching them inches off the, the foot plates. And then as you start the drive, watch how I plant my heels down into the, the foot rest. It's kind of like a, well, I'm saying slam, but look at that, it's not particularly a slam, but I do drive my heels down to initiate the drive. And then you can hear the whoosh. You just really want to hear that flywheel whoosh and accelerate. You don't want it to be an even sound. You want it to go whoosh. So basically slamming your heels down helps you with the connection at the front of the catch of the flywheel. It just gets that snap of a drive in. And then once you start the drive, just have a constant pressure. If you've got the force curve on, you'll see it rises sharply and then you'll get a dome and then it'll fall off sharply. That's kind of the, the perfect force curve. So the next, once you've got your shins and feet right. Think about your arms. You want to make sure that your arms are straight and relaxed and your shoulders are nice and relaxed. That helps with the force going through. Nice relaxed shoulders, that was what that wobble was about. And don't forget about your hands. You want to make sure and have them nice and relaxed on the handle. You're not choking the handle to death. So if you're going to use your fingers as hooks, with a nice, there you go, that's what I just said, hooks. Um, and there's three reasons really for having your fingers as hooks. They help to transfer the power through your relaxed arms. That's the first one of them. And then you get a tiny little bit more length if you have them as hooks, as though if you if you grip tight, you're losing about a centimeter of length. And then the other one is the basic because there's so much space because you've got looser hands. I'm not saying loose loose, but looser hands. There's more chance for air to circulate through your hands, so they 
although you obviously eventually get sweaty, you'll hopefully not get as sweaty as if you had a really tight grip, which is going to hopefully reduce chances of getting blisters. So a few good reasons. So relaxed arms, hooked fingers, shins vertical, slam your heels down. Then make sure and engage your core when you're at the front. If you've got a, a core engaged at the front of the catch, then that's going to help the power from the stroke transfer up through your body, from your legs, through your core, through your shoulders, through your relaxed arms, into the handle, and then into the flywheel. Simple, really. Don't know why everyone doesn't do it that way. Easier said than done, of course. So then for the rest of the stroke, so you make sure to drive with your legs, okay? This is, a, this is why I call it push it, don't pull it, because you're pushing away the machine with your feet. You've got a little forward lean at the front. So as we're looking at it right now, that means like an 11 o'clock position forward lean and then you drive hard with your legs and then as your leg drive is getting close to a finish you swing back through your hips and pull in with your arms it's quite quick to see there but so swing rock through the hips and pull in your arms squeeze your shoulder blades together that'll hopefully give you a good strong finish Although actually, the day I recorded this, I was watching a video saying that you should put your elbows out to the side slightly, almost like chicken wings, flare them outwards, like that. Now, it could just be that I've spent so long rowing this way on an erg that I've never really got used to doing it that way, but I just don't feel I can get the power from it. That said, of course, I'm sure if I spent a couple of years rowing by flaring out my elbows, I'd eventually get power from that way. Certainly even that one stroke I demonstrated just then, I really did feel it going through my pecs. So it was something, I was using my, my pecs rather than, don't know what I'm using there. Shoulders, lats, don't know. But maybe, I mean, there was an on the water guy that I was listening to that was giving that tip. So maybe there's a, balancing thing, I don't know, I don't know. So the other thing of course, is try and get the leg drive all finished before the handle comes into finishing your chest. Really what you don't want to be doing is trying to absorb power by yanking on the foot straps. So you don't want to be flexing your feet to stop you at the end of the stroke and certainly don't want to be pulling yourself back up the rail by flexing your feet. It's basically a waste of power. You're using muscles that you don't need by doing that, which is going to tire you more. I mean, actually watching this right now is weird actually seeing what's happening with my toes. It looks as though I am stopping myself with them, but 
while I'm doing it, it doesn't feel like I am, so I don't know whether it's just... Yeah, the other thing is the, the handle, bring it into your body like that and then back out the same pace. So come in, go woof, woof. That really helps you, woom, woom. I'm making lightsaber noises now. So you drive, pull, it, pull the handle into your body and then re release it at the same pace. So it goes woom, woom. I'm not saying throw the handle back out in a jerky motion. You still want it to be nice and fluid in and out. So by doing that with the handle, what it does, so you bring in the handle, push it out, rock forwards, that gives you the momentum to get to the front of the machine. So you shouldn't need to yank yourself forward with your foot straps. Because as your knees bend when you're in that handle forward and body rocked forwards, you automatically slide towards the front of the machine, almost without using any muscle power. Almost. But yeah, so one of the videos, one of the other ones I've got with me rowing in this position outside, I think it's the six times six minutes, shows me rowing without my feet in the straps, proving that you don't actually need your feet in the foot straps. But it's a good safety net to stop you flying off the back of the machine, but it's just as easy to row without your feet in the straps. And I'm still generating the same kind of pace. So yeah, so by the time you put the handle forwards and you've done your body rock forwards like that and your knees bend, you're straight back into the catch position, ready for the next stroke. You don't have to do anything artificial, you don't have to bend from the lower back or anything. But then the last thing really to discuss is handle height. You'll find that quite a lot of the on the water rowers will do this tap down thing that I'm doing right now. And there's a good reason for that to lower the handle and tap down and then bring it up at the, the front of the catch. The reason for that is because they've got an oar and they need to get it out of the water and then they need to put it back into the water. So tapping down brings the oar out of the water and then raising it up at the catch puts it back in the water again. So you'll find a lot of on the water rowers will do this nice kind of circular motion with the, with the handle. Now it can help because of the fluidity and actually, while I was demonstrating it here, I found that my splits were going down by one or two seconds. But the danger is that you can slump forwards like I'm demonstrating here, because the handle's low. So if you don't quite have the discipline to get the handle back up at the right height again, or this happens where you start to flap around with the handle. So don't do that either, yeah. <laughs> now what you might notice, is at the front of my machine in order to try and maintain the same height of the chain through the stroke. I've got a piece of red tape. Now actually watching this video right now in the edit suite, I can see that on the return, the chain actually lowers quite far below it. The drive, I'm coming right in line with the red tape, but the return, I'm a good couple of inches below it. 
and the red tape is there to hopefully keep the chain level for the duration of the stroke, both the drive and the return. So I'm quite clearly failing there. Fun. But at least by having that visual guide, I'm not really lowering Four. my arms. Three. Ah, oh, here we go, we're at the end of the row. Two. And Four. last stroke. There you go. Just to turn off my headphones. There we go. So, actually I ended up being a lot less chatty, hardly said a thing. Just listened to my own monotonous, <laughs> oh, my own waffle. A few times I'm talking about things that you clearly can't see me doing here. But hey, go check out this video if you want to see the full extent of everything that I was talking about. However, now that we're back to real time, it's time we got into a two minute cooldown. Now, one of the reasons I wasn't uh, overly talkative is because I didn't quite work out how to stop the machine making a noise. So I'll try and take this cooldown nice and easy so it doesn't carry on creaking at you. Now basically, this cooldown is going to be at the same intensity as the warm up, just enough of a push from your legs that you activate your body, right? Around about 18 to 20 strokes per minute. In three, two, one, let's go. So just enough force to help you cool down. It wasn't that intense a row today anyway, must be said, so you shouldn't really need to worry about dropping down from like 160 heart rate and letting yourself cool down. You should just really be using this just as a way to kind of consolidate everything you were thinking about during today's row and actually just to flush out your brain between listening to me and concentrating on technique your brain could well be quite tired right now so you just use this to just disengage just let your body go through the motions. Help yourself cool down. Now, at the end of this cool down, I am gonna bring on Stretching Man. So we can go through a quick stretching session. However, if you don't have time, then I do recommend trying to find a moment as quick as possible to at least stretch your hamstrings and your quads hamstrings especially but don't do it in the shower please don't want to hear from anyone who fell over in the shower slipped he's sensible that's why you should find a stretching mat or something maybe close to a wall in case you in case you fall okay one more stroke from me right so like I said, if you can find yourself a nice spot on a stretching mat or in the corner of the room or even off to the side of your machine, then there we go. There he is, there's Stretchy Man going through his stuff. All right, so he's gonna take you through uh, hamstrings, quads, hip flexors, glutes, shoulders, 
biceps, triceps, triceps, yeah, and forearms. Um, and I'm sure there's probably one more, but just the other ones that I do at the end of a row um, in order to make sure I don't just seize up. If you have stretches that you prefer to do, then of course do the ones that are better for you. I'm merely just putting these up here as a suggestion, as a kind of a basis that will cover most of the muscles that you've used today within your row. I mean, obviously, it's things like, depending on if you're the shrugging type, which I don't uh, don't really say is a good thing. Um, I don't think anyone would. But if you're the type that really has their shoulders up in the air as you pull, okay, so you want to keep them down as you come back, and then you kind of come into a finish. But you do see quite a lot of people that really shrug at the front and kind of really put their shoulders up in their ears. And see these the muscles here? Oh man, they get sore if you do that. So you then have to kind of, kind of turn your head to one side and try and stretch out that muscle. So it's easier to just not use those muscles, to be honest, it must be said. So anyway, there we go. So that was, like I said, that was a proof of concept from an idea, for, for an idea that I have about how to uh, uh, go forward through the rest of, uh, or for the next few weeks anyway. Um, so do let me know whether that worked for you. I'm kind of figuring it's not like it matters. It's not like you need to care about lip sync. Um, uh, me actually rowing and talking to you at the same time. But really, ultimately, the point behind this is that having uh, gone through uh, COVID and all that um, I need to get back into proper training um, and try and actually get my pace up and things. So what I want to try and do is make uh, uh, a few videos like this that basically I just row along at an intensity that I would be training at rather than backing off a couple of seconds in order to make these videos for you. Because obviously, to be able to talk through the real life, okay for a role like this, but through the, the certainly top tier stuff, it gets tougher and tougher for me to be able to talk if I want to hold the pace that I want to train at. So I figure it's easier if I roll along with myself in my narcissistic way, um, and then that way I can be quiet uh, while I'm doing it, but then I can have the overlay of the audio from, I mean, the hundreds of videos I've got, I've got up here. It's not, like I'm, I'm, it's not like I'm cheating and saying, well, I've made 20 videos, so I'm going to remake them. I've got like 400 odd videos up here. So... Um, I think this should work. Um, do let me know. I mean, I'm kind of I'm relatively kind of steadfast that this is what I'm going to do, but do let me know if you think it's a bad idea, because obviously. But it's also a good way to kind of uh, reimagine videos that, because the, the way YouTube works, basically, it'll only really ever present you with the recent videos. So going back into my the catalog the history all the way back to like 2018 very few people go that far back so if i start to kind of look at some of the rows from back then and redo them re-imagine re them this way and also means i can make sure that everything's roll along branded this way as well not that i'm going to delete the old versions but it just means i can kind of regurgitate that's the word i'm looking for isn't it <laughs> rejuvenate that's better so yeah so that's the point so do let me know um but then also do let me know whether even like a 30 how you got on with this uh, 30 minutes and 20 strokes a minute it's a really useful row to do in terms of um just working on your core fitness that's why if you do a search on my channel you'll see that 30 minutes and 20 strokes a minute pops up time and time and time and time again because it lets you build up that core that base fitness but also gives you the space to work on your technique as well because you're not too busy kind of racing up and down the rail going oh i'm trying to hold the pace i'm trying to hold the pace you can actually just slow down you can work on your return you can make sure your ratio is right of driving twice as fast as you recover so that you uh, make sure you spend more time over the recovery phase than you do in the drive because obviously you want to spend the longest part of your stroke recovering doing nothing in the shortest amount putting in the effort so that you can put in as much um, uh, or as long as you want to row for it's all it's all about efficiency and all that stuff so um, 
so yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed this one uh, as, a, as what the role was anyway. Hopefully the kind of the idea of me rowing along with myself, which yeah, I, I do realise how, how strange that is, but hopefully that worked for you as well. So uh, I am, uh, I don't know how far Stretchy Man is, but uh, hopefully he's somewhere drawing to a close on his uh, stretching um, things. What's the word I'm looking for? Stretching manoeuvres? Moves? Yeah, anyway. Uh, uh, yeah, and I will uh, hopefully see you in um, uh, another video. So the only real thing to leave is just a hashtag to uh, say you've made it to the end of the video. And for this one, it's going to be hashtag throwback. Okay, because obviously this is a throwback to one that I did two years ago. So use the hashtag throwback uh, if you're going to post any kind of comment or whatever. Uh, and then I'll go, wow, you actually made it all this way through the video. Well done. You deserve a medal. <laughs> so thank you so much. I will see you in one of my other videos. Until then, please look after yourselves. Stay safe. Be well. Bye-bye. For more info and to check out the YouTube videos, go to rowalong.com. <laughs>